Hey guys, Taylor here. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you have the time, please like, follow, and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, and iTunes at Dr. Script. If you want to follow us on Twitter, that would be at Dr. Script Podcast, just Dr. Script Podcast. Every little thing for us goes a long way, so we really do appreciate those likes and follows. It really helps us grow and get bigger and bigger. Anyways, I won't bother you guys anymore. Enjoy today's episode, and thanks again for listening. Dr. Script Show, where we talk about your favorite movies, what was good, what was bad, and how we could improve it. <sighs> well, are we talking about our favorite movies or the sequels to our favorite movies? Uh, sequels to our favorite movies. I think that's a better choice. <laughs> yeah, yes, and my co-host, co-host to help me dissect this movie today, Dr. Sam. Hello. Uh, I'm actually not a doctor. I'm a veterinarian, mostly in marine life. Oh, nice. uh, I would like to dig into do a little surgery on uh, on some sharks. Do you oh, think that'll yes. be an option? Uh, I believe we can we can schedule that. I can All schedule right. that. Good. Uh, so today's topic, of course, the classic, the OG, it's Jaws the Revenge. That's right. Not Jaws 1, not Jaws 2, not Jaws 3D. Jaws, Jaws 4. Or, Jaws, I was going to do the revenge, but you were going with okay, four. Jaws, Jaws the Revenge. The revenge. Yes. The clearly the superior film that <laughs> is underrated and is a classic in everyone's eyes. Everyone trashed it. Trashed it. Honestly, we're not going to even go into any surgery. This movie's just perfect on its own. We're going to tell you everything that worked about it. Yeah, it's like, honestly, it was like the wonderful life of its generation. Ooh, you know? Wow, like, that's, that's, so that's high praise. <laughs> so anyways... Taylor, what do you think about Jaws the Revenge? Oh, I just said it's perfect. We can't we can't change it. So for me, this was my first time watching this masterpiece. Oh, yes. yes, yes, yes. And I had an idea of what I was getting into because if you're, you know, in this millennial Gen Z generation, we watch lots of things on YouTube. Yes. And I have I have heard lots of people talk about Jaws the Revenge. I had never seen it myself. And boy howdy, uh, <laughs> did they undersell this entire experience. <laughs> Honestly, I probably wasn't watching the film as much as I was watching you react to the film. Like, I was like, oh, this thing's about to happen. What's he going to do? And then fuck, fucking Brody's arm gets chopped off, and you're yep. just like, wait, stop calling for help. Get the... Yeah, just like... yourself there. Okay, so, like, the movie honestly doesn't start off too bad for the first five minutes. It's like... The first five minutes, the opening scene is like four minutes. Exactly, that's what happens. Is the first thing happens five minutes in, where it's like, it's not bad. They're trying really hard for it to be this other thing. Uh, and the second that uh, Brody's son just gets devoured by a shark, that's it. The movie just has it plateaus. It's jumped the shark at that point, and then nice. it just nice. sinks deeper and deeper into the sh- into the shark's mouth. Yeah, no, this this is a pretty bad movie. Like, man, I I love watching people review this film just because it's out there. Well, like, it's crazy that a movie, it's set in the same world as Jaws, like the first Jaws, which is arguably, like, silly, but they figure out a way to make it so real and, like, be so impactful, even if in a ridiculous premise of a shark attacking people. And it's one of the best movies of all time, and yet, a short 12 years later, they made this monstrosity of a joke. Yes. Oh my god. Because it literally sounds like you know, one of those fake trailers from, like, Tropic Thunder. Like, this dog, it's personal. But that's the thing, is that <laughs> there's a shark in this movie, and it's supposed to be getting revenge on the Brody family for killing 
the original Jaws. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get I, maybe there's some hidden thing where sharks can go get revenge, but this shark has a bad plan for revenge. This is a dumb shark that doesn't know how to get revenge. Yeah, it honestly didn't get any revenge on anyone. No. Yeah, this really, guy really sucks. It's, it, it could have had so many opportunities where it could have just destroyed this entire family, and it didn't. No, uh, I, if you actually look at it, I, only two people die in yeah, this movie? it's the lowest body count in any Jaws movie. Oh, uh, you know you're doing something wrong. That's like, you know, watching a horror film and Jason only kills, like, you know, three and a half people. Here's the thing. The shark shows up in the first five minutes, kills Brody's son, which is allegedly impactful, and then it's gone for the entirety of the movie and like they kind of talk about it like mrs brody is still super upset about it yeah and like going crazy but no one really does anything else about the shark except for except for mama brody it's just it kind of gets forgotten for a while yeah i mean michael finds out about it and it's just like oh shit yo jake please don't tell my mom <laughs> he says it exactly like that too like not <laughs> It's just like a whiny guy, like, don't tell my mom about She'll totally this. ground me. She'll ground me for trying to get in the water with a dangerous, murderous shark that has a vendetta. Oh, God. Anyways, let's this, this let's go over funny. the whole thing. All right, all right. Let's uh, yeah, summarize this bad boy. So we open with the first four minutes of just the POV of the, of the shark. Oh, yeah, that's and, how the movie starts. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You're like, the first five minutes is I do, great. I I'm mean, like, after the first that. Four, yeah, I know what you meant. I'm just getting crap. <laughs> <laughs> the first, like, section where they show the credits is just the POV of the shark in the water, like, waiting to snack on someone. And then it's it's kind of it's kind of intense-ish if you're, like, waiting for the shark to do something. But then he never does anything. No, and then they do a match cut, like a jump cut, yes. to Mrs. Brody frying up some fish. And then they do. They have a normal movie for about five minutes after that. Yeah, because then their son. Uh, what, what, what's his son's name again? Uh, which one? The one that lived or the one the that one dies? The one that dies. Uh, Sean. Sean. So Sean's there with his mom. They're cooking, you know, dinner and everything. And then Sean gets called into work. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then you know he's about to leave work again. And then the woman who's like overseeing him is like, ah, oh, you gotta go to the lifeguard stand because uh, the lifeguards are out and the uh, other cops are out. And there's, there's like a buoy that's being like, impe- like it's, uh, a big piece of wood is like getting in the way of the buoy. Michael's like the fourth, or third or fourth person in line to do this job. I think this one's Sean. Sean, damn. Yeah, sorry. It's okay. And so Sean is like, alright, I'm gonna go. And he's like, woody doo doo Gets the boat out and tries to fix this thing and then Josh just pops up and nabs his arm, and he just, he doesn't notice it for a second, which is <laughs> which is realistic to how shark bites go. If you ever read Bethany Hamilton's book, she didn't realize that her arm was bitten off for like a good minute. It's just you don't yeah. realize it because of all the like the pain like that is just hasn't hit your body yet. But then, but then after his arm gets bit off, he doesn't drive the boat back to safety. He leans over the edge and starts yelling, "Help! You're in the boat!" And he's already seen this like choir of. You know, people singing and everything. No one's going like, to hear you. Just yep. drive the boat. He doesn't drive the boat back. He leans over the edge. And, and then Jaws snaps him again. Jaws gets him and, like, destroys him. Yes. But also doesn't because then he's also struggling in the water. Yeah. And then it drags him down. Yeah. And then uh, this whole ship just falls apart. And But also, when they, sh- when they show him getting attacked by the shark... You don't see anything. You just see these close-ups of the scales of the shark just moving back and forth. Yeah. It could oh be my anything. God. The editing's so bad. 
But, you know, Jaws really timed this out well, you know? Mm-hmm. He literally Jaws. was like, all right, uh, I see the lifeguards are left and uh, the other cops aren't here, so I'm going to put to this log here. Oh. And now I'm going to, I know that Brody guy's going to come out. And then and he was right. He was right. I guess he did get revenge on one Brody. I guess, but he was trying the to get Brody revenge on all of them. Brody did nothing to him. But then, uh, then Mrs. Brody, you know, makes sure that the body that they find is her son's, and it is, and she goes insane with grief. Yeah, understandably. Like, understandably. Like, people grieve in different ways, but she's there, and then she's uh, back at her house, and she's standing outside, in like, on the beach, when her other son, Michael, and his family arrives. Yes, and all of Mrs. Brody's friends are just like, yeah, she's been out there for, like, hours, and, uh, don't know what to do. And I'm like, you could try talking to her. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they have. Yeah. But, like, but they... We then have the greatest... <laughs> Well, Michael goes out to try and comfort his yeah. mother, and but we like the camera's in the house, and we just see Michael and his mom in the doorway, and they're hugging, and they're out there, and we hear the conversation that happens in the house. What 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 happens? Uh, she, the daughter says like to the like Michael's like five year old daughter. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, did you know Uncle Sean is dead? Did you know that?" And they were like. Oh no! I can't remember what the responses are, and they're like, "Oh, are you hungry, honey?" And she's just like, "I had a burger for lunch and two lollipops," and I'm just like, "Damn!" Like, the, the what they're trying to do is that thing that happens in kind of like artsy movies where you stay in the house and you let like <laughs> the main action happen outside, so you don't hear it, and they have their moment, and you just kind of barely hear the conversation inside. But typically, it should be something that's not distracting. Yeah, I mean, like. That kid just did not read the line very well. And no. It, they, they could have just, like, made it a little bit more muted, like, or just not hear it, or change the line. Yeah, you could have muted that so easy and just have her be like, yeah, I had two cheeseburgers and a lollipop and blah, blah, blah. Like, I get what they were trying to do, but, God, that was awful. Uh, yeah. And they, the, Michael and his family stay in town for a little bit, take care of uh, Mrs. Brody, mm-hmm. you know, try and do stuff, and then she just breaks down in tears every, like, three seconds. And then she she tries to tell Michael that she thinks that this is the same shark and it's trying to get revenge on the family for killing it before. Yeah. I don't know. She And then she says that, because uh, her husband, Brody, the protagonist yes. from the first two movies, Brody. died of a heart attack, but really it was fear, fear of the shark, <laughs> which he overcame his fear twice. Yes, twice. And like I've been saying, I get that people have PTSD and things can happen. But I don't think he was afraid of the no, shark. No, dude, he was. He could have gone for round three or four. Oh my it, god! He could. He could have been a um, monster. You know, have his own reality show yes. called like Shark Hunter. He would have made deadliest catch. Like that's oh, just absolutely his thing. And then the family decides, "Hey, mom, you should go on vacation with us to where we live in the Bahamas." And then this is like right after the funeral, like literally right after, and she's just like, "Okay." We can, and then Michael's like, yeah, we can catch the ferry and just go on, catch it at four. And she's like, okay. She and, doesn't pack or and anything. They, they go. Yeah. And they get on the plane with Michael Kane. Yes. Michael, Michael freaking Kane. Michael, I missed accepting my Oscar for this movie, Kane. <laughs> he flies them. He's the pilot that takes people from, uh, I guess, from the from Pacific, or not the Pacific, uh, the northeastern United States to the Bahamas. Yeah, I guess. Because that's where they live. They still live in Amity, which is, like, near Boston, I think. So, anyways, they take this private plane with Michael Caine, and he's a charming old man, and then they land, and they move into this, like, scientific bungalow that uh, 
because Michael's like a, a marine biologist or something. Yeah. And he studies with his uh, Jamaican friend, uh, Jake, Jake, which he's Jamaican and he's Jake. Jake Pond. <laughs> uh, anyways. Uh, so then, like, the, the grandmother still has, like, PTSD of, like, having a little daughter, or, uh, sorry, granddaughter going around in the water. It's not oh, really yeah. comfortable with she's it. She's trying to force her son not to be a marine biologist anymore because she's worried about him uh, being in the water, even though great white sharks don't go into warm water. Right. Yeah, but she's not convinced. And then we see the grandma now swimming in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, cool, you know, she's getting through it. She's doing better. She might be actually uh, good good to good to go. And then, boom, shark attacks, and she's all over the place, and she's like, ah, and then, boom, wake up. It's a dream. It's a dream. Oh, what a twist. Oh, what a twist. Uh, then, I can't remember, the little kid brings up the uncle being dead again. Yeah, somehow. at some point, somehow. Oh, because it's Christmas, and she, you know, Mrs. Brody's talking about how she, you know, had to punish Michael for something sometime, and then the kid gets curious and says, did you ever have to punish Uncle Sean? Right. And then everyone ignores it, and Jake says, hey, that's a nice shirt you got there, Michael. <laughs> Good save, Jake. Good yeah. shake. Good so save. sly, so sly. Um, we, we see Michael's actual job, and he's basically just, like, putting tags on shells. Yeah, they're just categorizing, like, kind of the marine life in the area. Which is something that happens. It yeah, just makes sense. No, it, uh, it definitely does. It's probably not like the best job, you know, not an exciting job, uh, what you're going for. Well, I mean, uh, if you're living in the Bahamas, man, I, <laughs> there's so I'm much more you could do. Uh, but so then that's where we really see Jake and meet him. He's a good guy. They have this weird scene where, like, Jake is like, man, we're so, we had to work overtime and everything for your ass, blah, blah, blah. And then Michael's just like, hey, man, my brother just died. And then you just see Jake's like, sorry about your brother. Throwing down, having a good time, and they just j- change directions altogether from uh, what was going on. So anyways, one day, Mrs. Brody's uh, just building a sandcastle with her granddaughter. Having a great time. And they're building a moat, and then she accidentally, as she's building the moat, steps in the water and has this flash of panic. Yeah, she's just like, whoa. But not just like, like a panic, like she's going to hyperventilate. Almost like she senses something. Yes. Like, there's a feeling out there. And it's a connection to the shark? Because we... we do actually cut at some point in the middle of this to a shark swimming in the ocean. We don't see its geography. We don't see anything about it. But at some point, either before or during the scene, the shark's just out there. And there's no lead-up or build-up to it. It's just a random cut. Yeah. <laughs> it just is there. And she has this little sense, and then she... Daughter, granddaughter's like, Grandma, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. And then Michael Caine is paddling away. Yeah, and he's like, why do I even fish here? And I'm like, why do you fish here? Because he's trying to find the best catch of all, Ellen Brody. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so then uh, Ellen Brody and Michael Caine start walking up and down the beach, and she tells him how she feels like the shark is stalking her. <laughs> And, you know, Michael Caine's, like, pretty chill about it. He's like, oh, like, totally. Oh, like, sure. I mean, listen, anyone will say anything to get <laughs> You know how men are. Yeah, you know Michael Caine, that dog. Would, would you, wouldn't you pretend to believe in a revenge-seeking shark in order to get with a girl? Uh, you know, I, uh, it's probably not the craziest thing I've heard from a girl in L.A. Mm-hmm. So. I swear to God, <laughs> I swear to Jaws, this shark is totally in love with me. I keep uh, a tooth of his on my neck. <laughs> I like to keep it to remind him of that time that 
my my father shot him with an air cannon and he exploded. God, prom is so crazy. <laughs> Imagine if your father killed Jaws on prom. <laughs> uh, I've got an idea for a reboot now. Oh, it's going to be the sequel, man. Exactly. Mrs. Brody and Michael Caine start dating and having a good time and she's feeling better about things. She's uh, doing okay. But one day her birthday rolls around. Well, oh, before no. that, yeah. Oh my God, an important thing. Yes. <laughs> so... Michael's back down doing his uh, research or whatever. No, not Michael. Jake is now yeah. under in the water doing the research and tagging people. And he just casually gets swiped, like, swiped by Jaws. Yeah. And Jake is so chill about it. He's just like, hey, Michael, there's a big fish down here. And he just looks over and then the shark fin like appears in the water like, oh, my God, that's a shark. And then Jaws just starts nomming on the boat that they're on. And yeah. this is, again, where... Ellen Brody. Oh, yeah. Ellen Brody has another psychic connection to the shark being like, whoa. And then Michael Caine's like, oh, what's going on? She's like, oh, nothing. And then <laughs> Michael's still like, oh, my God, this thing's eating my boat. But they're, like, really casual about it. Like, yeah. there's three other men on the boat just like, oh, man, that's going to cost so much money to fix. But to be fair, there have been three great white shark attacks on this family. I feel like it kind of could be casual at this point. <laughs> well, may- not to the other guys. That true, true. So now Michael's having, like, some low-key PTSD after all of it, and he, he, like, doesn't tell his wife about it. Yeah, but Jake tells his wife about it, and at some point it's uh, uh, Mrs. Brody's birthday, so... So now they're in, like, a casino yeah, vibe, whatever. hanging out, so it's her and Michael Caine, and then the two married couples, and, uh, and at some point, like, they're talking about things that make them happy, and Jake is like, well, <laughs> Michael hasn't told you about our great discovery... <laughs> After he just promised not to tell tell his mom about what they found. And then <laughs> Michael leans over and is like, we said we weren't going to talk about it. And then Jake's wife leans over and says, you weren't going to talk about it. And then everyone ignores that. <laughs> no, one, <laughs> no one wants to know what this big discovery is because Michael Caine asks Ellen Brody to dance. Yeah. Then after they dance, uh, Michael comes up and starts talking to his mom. And then his mom is like, Honestly, now I feel so good about things. I I don't think that Jaws is getting revenge on us anymore. I don't think it's as personal as I thought it would be. No, she's like completely over it. Even though at this point she's right now. Yeah. She's correct. And Michael knows it too. Like, it's like, damn. Yep. So then she admits to Michael that she's over her son who died, you know, like a week or two ago. Yep. So, you know, Michael now feels really guilty not telling her because it's like, oh, she's already over it and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Yeah. So then then, uh, the scene ends and it opens with another scene with Michael and his wife arguing. Yeah, it's a weird thing where they start arguing and they've been a happy couple this whole time. Like, we've seen them do normal things and then suddenly they're arguing about, because she's an artist and she needs to put her... She's making a sculpture for the tourism board of the Bahamas, and somehow they're arguing about that, and they never talk about what it is. And then, literally in the middle of the scene, Michael says, "What are we arguing about?" And then the wife's like, "I, I don't know." Like as if the, the whole argument came from nowhere, and now it doesn't lead to anything. And then they just have sex on the floor. Yeah, and she literally is like, "I'll make sure you shut the doors," and then they don't. <laughs> the scene means nothing. Nothing happens. Yeah. And then after that, Michael goes back on the boat with Jake, and there are a few scenes of them trying to tag the shark and kind of research the shark and do other things with the shark. 
nothing like super interesting. No, nothing but... really interesting until later on, because like now Jake's gotten obsessed with the shark himself, yeah, and he's really interested in like figuring out and discovering more things about it, like why it's in this warm climate and all this other stuff. Yeah, and so I believe Ellen ha- is on a date now with Michael Caine, mm-hmm. and he's just like. Miss Brody, I would love to kiss you. And then they kiss, mm-hmm. and we cut to Ellen Brody talking to her daughter-in-law, and she's, like, talking about girl stuff with her. Yeah, they're, like, gossiping, like, and that's kind of how you know this was written by a man who doesn't really talk <laughs> to his wife ever. Like, they're just gossiping like they're, like, teenagers, which is a cute thing if you're, you know, the older woman who's, like, I, I thought I was out of this game. I haven't done this since, you know, I was in my 20s, which is... Cute, but weird. Yeah. Especially when, like, she's talking about her sex life with her daughter-in-law, which you can have that relationship with your family. It's just uh, uncommon, and I'd like to be introduced to it a little bit sooner. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so then uh, later that night, Michael and his daughter have a scene that just is a carbon copy of the first one, of the first film when the kid is mimicking their father yeah it's when sean and uh chief brody are like uh at the dinner table just being cute yeah and it's actually like probably one of the better scenes here but i mean it does rely on you having to know the first movie and to know that they're making a reference well they also they cut to that scene earlier yeah they do in the you know the instagram you know filter vogue yeah it's like a little like a sepia tone just like very weird desert color flashbacks and they do it all the time it's a little weird but yeah. whatever uh so that it's a nice scene you know if i didn't see the first one and i saw that i'd be like oh that was nice but, but it, again it has nothing to do with the whole overall thing like but i think basically at this point then it stops being jake being obsessed and then michael gets obsessed with finding the shark well mike so at the next day michael goes down to try and why does he well, go it was, down? It was like right after they tagged the shark, and he was. Uh, I think he. I think at that point he was looking. He was just looking for the, uh, the for the shells because right. he was. He's trying to catalog the uh, the sea snails or the sea crabs, uh, and all of a sudden the shark comes out of nowhere and tries to attack him, and he escapes into this un, like this sunken ship. Yes. But then the shark follows him through the ships through these tiny corridors. And it's literally like a slasher film at this point. Like, yeah. I thought this was pretty cool. Like it's one way in, one way out, and then he just like busts down the door and escapes. And with the adrenaline pumping, Michael kind of realizes he wants to do more with the shark now. Yeah. And so like the next day he wants to go back in and I'm like, dude, what's your plan on this? He goes in not like trying to, cause they already tagged the shark. And they, he didn't go in with, like, a gun to kill the shark or, like, anything to do that. He just goes down by himself into the water, but he doesn't see anything. And because, because... Over on the other side of the island, Michael's wife is unveiling her sculpture to the, like, Bahamas of Truers and Board or something. Mm-hmm. And their daughter wants to go to uh, do, a little, do a little sailing on a banana boat, you know, get tugged around on a, on a, on a tube. On her mom's big day that she's been re- getting ready for her, like, for the past year that she's described as the biggest thing that's happened to her in her career, she's just, like, really chill with her daughter running off and going on a banana boat. Yeah, and so she's on the banana boat just riding along, and off in the distance, and the shark pops up and is about to eat the daughter, 
when it grabs the woman right behind the daughter and drags her down, and that's the second, and spoiler alert, last uh, human kill of the movie. Oh, God, that's such a bummer. Yeah. But then at that point, everybody notices that there's the shark, and everyone clears the the beach like no one's in the water anymore. It would be hard to miss that. Yeah, and so that happens, and then... And basically, uh, Mrs. Brody's fears have been confirmed. But she's, like, not scared about it. She's, like, ready to fuck some shit up. Like, she just looks in the far distance, and she's like, oh, this is on now. So she steals Jake's boat. Yeah, she just hijacks it and takes off. And takes off, and the whole family's now back at the house. uh, The granddaughter's traumatized. Daughter-in-law's, like, trying to take care of her. And Michael comes back. He's like, I'm so sorry I missed your show. And (laughs) then they're like... What, ju- what do you mean? The shark just attacked our family. And he's like, what? And he notices that the boat is missing, which makes him, prompts him to be like, oh no, my mom wants to go mom? get that shark. And, so, and one quick thing. I liked how in the scene, like, the kid is, like, there's kid crying sound effects, but the kid is clearly not crying at all. Yeah, they're just trying to, like, hold her tight so you can't see her face. But, but you see it multiple times, and, like, yes, she looks distraught, but not, like, you know, crying or, like, moping. Yeah, she's not actually crying. It, I don't know, I'm just powering through this, because, yeah, like, okay. everything we say is ridiculous enough. <laughs> like, there's, oh my god. Basically, at this point, Michael grabs uh, uh, Jake, and the two of them go into, like, a little motor dinghy. Yeah. And, and Michael Caine sees them, and he's like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're going to try and save his mom. He's trying to kill a shark. And she's like, you're going to go in that? And they're like, what's your plane? And then, like, hard cut to a plane going up in the air. Michael Caine flies them over the ocean in his plane. And it's not a water plane, by the way. It's just a normal <laughs> propeller plane. Yep. So they're flying out, and at some point they see Mrs. Brody on her boat. But Mrs. Brody has turned to face the shark. And the uh, Jaws is, like, ready to attack. The shark does get a bit of the boat and Mm -hmm. then falls back down as Michael King swerves the plane next to it. Yeah, tries to, like, play interference on the shark. (laughs) And then Michael King just, like, phones in someone's like, yo, you gotta get over here soon. Like, I'm about to crash my plane in the water. And they're like, wait, what are you doing? And then Michael King crashes his plane (laughs) into the water. And at that point, Jaws is, like, now approaching the plane. So the two, uh, the two guys, uh, Jake, Jake and, and uh, Michael, Michael, jump out and swim to Mrs. Brody's boat, and but Michael Caine isn't able to get out of the plane in time, and Jaws just clamps down on the plane and just drags the plane down. Yeah, and Michael Caine's response once he sees a fucking shark coming out, and he's just like, oh, oh shit! shit. <laughs> and he does that, and then... No one, honestly, no one's really that distraught when Michael Caine looks like he's been killed. Yeah, Like, dragged like, down, like, oh my god, are you okay? And then they just keep looking, and suddenly... Michael Caine pops back up, and he's like, oh, crocky, that was nuts. Michael Caine pops up on the side of the boat, climbs up, and his shirt and pants are not wet. (laughs) Michael Caine couldn't be bothered to just let his clothes get wet just a little bit to show some sense of realism. Nope, he was probably done with this shit. He was like, I am done. I want to get out of this place. I was promised Hawaii, not the Bahamas. Uh, anyways, they get on the boat, and Jaws is, like, still going after them, so Michael Caine and Mrs. Brody try and swerve the boat, and in the, in the hull of the ship, uh, Jake makes a machine. Yeah, it's just a bunch of mumble-jumbo, like, oh, if we hit this and that, it's just... Basically just meant to disorient the shark. Yeah. Which basically means there's one light that goes inside of the shark, and then they have one light on the boat, and they try and, like, shine the lights at each other that cause this electrical disturbance... 
It doesn't make much sense. It Whatever it is, it is what it is. So and Jake goes on the end of the boat and starts using this. Uh, Jaws jumps up at him out of the water. And he places the thing in the mouth of Jaws, but gets taken down by the shark at the same time. So Jake is now in the water, like, flailing around, and then Jaws just brings him down. You can see in slow motion, Michael's like, Jake! Oh, man, I feel bad for this guy. This was supposed to be his big break. Oh, oh God. <laughs> he was supposed to be the hero. Uh, anyways, from there, everyone's still sad that Jake got eaten. Right, so now Michael Caine is like, oh, Miss Brody, take the wheel. Like, I need to go help Michael out. And so then Mike, and then Miss Brody sees Jaws in the distance and just, like, you know, gives her, gives Jaws the most, you know, stone-cold bitch face ever. Like, I'm going to fuck you up. And so she just slowly goes into it, and we hear the roar of Jaws, like, And she's, like, pointed at it, because now it bit off, like, that front part of the ship, you know, like that piece of wood, and it's now splintered and sharp. And she has that aimed directly at Jaws, but Jaws is uh, doing okay, and Michael's at the front of the ship blasting that light, and Jaws is, like, not having it. Jaws is disoriented. And so they keep going, and the boat keeps moving forward, keeps shining it at Jaws. Michael Caine's like, no, we can't do this. And Ellen Brody's just, like, smacking his arm down, and Michael keeps trying hitting the button and making the shark confused. But Jaws leaps up into the air, and Bro Miss Brody stabs it with the end of the boat. And somehow stabbing it makes that shark's head explode <laughs> and just fall apart, and the body of the shark just sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Yep. And then the boat falls apart. Somehow the boat falls apart because <laughs> yeah. of all this. They get to shore, they're really happy, and Michael Caine flies off with Ellen Brody, mm -hmm. and the credits roll. Uh, yeah. Oh! But well, we forgot the big this, thing. Well, this is actually, uh, this is a, a controversy a bit, because the ending we just told you is the version that was released theatrically to the United States upon its initial release. Right. However, the European Film Board did not like that ending because they thought it was a little bit too much of a downer that it basically just ends with uh, Jake getting killed and a shark getting stabbed. And that's it. So they, five days after the movie came out in the United States, they filmed an ending where Jake survives getting crushed by these giant shark teeth. Yep. And he's like, we see him on the like surface level of the ocean and he's just like, hey, Michael, I'm alive. And like, he's a little bloody and everything, yeah, but like. But not someone who just had three rows of shark teeth just inside of him on every angle. Yeah. So. If anything, that should be attracting more sharks. But, but. the thing is with that, that's the official version that's now out there. That's the canon version because the initial U.S. released version doesn't really exist anywhere anymore. That's crazy. The, the DVD, the streaming, the TV versions are all the ones where Jake survives and they kind of have a little bit more humorous moments. Like the music is more uplifting. It is really weird. That's the version we saw. It's weird. It's weird that that's a thing, but it, it is a thing. So now that we've gone over that entire synopsis, how do you feel about the movie? Uh, I mean, it's such so cheesy. Like, not not the worst. I mean, I enjoyed myself, but honestly, it's just because I watched your reactions to it. <laughs> Similar how in the original Jaws movie, people went to the movie theaters just to watch their friends watch Jaws for the mm -hmm. first time. So that's I. 
you know, yeah. I appreciate that. It's that a happened. little, it's a little circle of a. Uh, maybe that's what the filmmakers were intending. Yeah, this, definitely. Yeah, I mean, this movie is so insanely bad. Like yeah. on a on a molecular level, it fails as a film, <laughs> and especially as a sequel to one of the best movies of all time. That's true. It's it's crazy that like for the first half there's basically no script that it's just Mrs. Brody you're sad yep she's sad yep be more sad and then you know two weeks later get over it and then get over it but then it doesn't matter that you're over it because you're right and then you go crazy again and try and do this one man army against the shark yeah no it's a uh, it's one of those so bad it's not so bad it's good it's just really entertaining especially just if you look at the Jaws franchise. How much of a tailspin it goes through. Well, it immediately got so much worse at the second movie. Like, Jaws, just the initial Jaws, is so good just by itself. Mm -hmm. And then three years later, they get this sequel that's just bad. I I don't mind the second one, but that's sort of in comparison of the other two. Yeah, I mean, listen, I watched, I couldn't finish Jaws 2 because of how much I didn't like it. Because of also how recently I'd seen Jaws 1. Okay. And so it was one of those. And then I've seen clips of Jaws 3D, which is its own thing. No, uh, I think we got we got some stuff to work with on this one. Oh, yes. There is a, there is a lot to dive into. I mean, this movie just by itself is already dying on the table. So we got yeah, to jump into surgery. All right. Let's jump in. So. What are, what are your thoughts? Where, where do we begin? What do we operate on first? I think at the beginning, got to go back to the beginning. When Brody, uh, Sean Brody, is going out to go fix the dinghy or whatever and gets attacked by Jaws. So I want Ellen Brody to also be on there. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be Jaws and Jaws' kid. So when this happens, they get attacked. Ellen Brody defends herself and kills the baby Jaws. And then Jaws gets Sean Brody. And so Ellen lives, and so does, like, Mom Jaws. And so then, for this way, there is a way for she's trying to get revenge, mm-hmm. and it's both, like, mother, you know, like, protection of one son, and, like, get, they're both pissed that they each other killed one another. Something around that, because it does, I, I feel like we need, it makes no sense that this shark is attacking this family, because mm-hmm. all the other Jaws is dying. Yeah, the first two Jaws are dead. I mean, all the Jaws are dead. Yeah. But, like, the ones that could possibly want to get revenge, can't. their heads are exploded. <laughs> yeah. They cannot exist anymore. But I think I feel like at least this we're giving more more of a motivation for Jaws to want to kill this family. And yeah, why it's I mean, so personal. If we're going to keep the title as Jaws for <laughs> Revenge and the overall plot of a shark that wants revenge, yes, that's probably the best we're gonna do yeah i mean we gotta we gotta give motivation to the shark you know and i do actually like the idea of ellen whether there's a baby jaws or not i do like that ellen is on the boat with him so that she can see him just get taken down yeah it's like way more traumatizing yes and like you know after you see that you get it you're on her side it's sort of like in finding Mimo when you see Marlon's wife and half over all of his children die yeah. and why he's so protective over Mimo. Like you're just like, I get it. You you do you, man. Mm-hmm. Where like this is not as, you know, extreme, but like when she's like telling her little daughter or you know, granddaughter not to be in the ocean, like you're like yep, Yeah, I get it. I, I get it. Rather than her just kinda have this like psychological breakdown. Yeah. 
because I mean they also do they flashback to so many scenes in different part like mm-hmm. different they do the first they do this one two's in there I don't know yeah two's I think in there, well I think they they do they do like a bit of a montage of like some of the sharks dying and I think they mostly do one but I think there's a clip from two in there somewhere yeah possibly but I I just it it does make it more personal for mm-hmm. them another thing I sort of want to talk about this was. In the OG script, which we'll also talk about a bit later, um, Michael Caine is, like, possibly a drug dealer in it. And, you know, I, Michael Caine's, like, you know, the one bright star in this. Like, he's just, like, doesn't really care, and he knows what he's in. But I feel like if Michael Caine does have some, you know, connections to, like, doing, like, the drug game, something around that, well, or... That would give, because in the movie, Michael's, uh, the son Michael, is a lot more skeptical of Michael Caine's character, and that yeah. would give a lot more credence to him having these doubts of him being a good person. Yeah, like, oh, is he trying to use my grand or my mom or something like that? Um, maybe have those suspicions, but then we find out like he's actually like a shark hunter or something like that. That could be like fun. that's why he's always going out. He's just trying to kill sharks, mm-hmm. or like he has like that drive to like. Catch and something along that. Where what was the first and the, the guy in the first one? The, uh, oh, uh, uh, hunt sharks. Quince, maybe. Yeah, Quince. I think you're right on that. Uh, I'll don't look it crucify. Up. But yeah, uh, we'll look it up. But yeah, no, I think that's actually a pretty interesting idea, especially if he's that type of character. Yeah, because then it's, she like feels more protective over when she's around him. Quint. Quint. Okay. So close. Sorry for, sorry for that, guys. Uh, so if he is, like, a shark hunter, like, military background or something around that. I sort of want Jake to be, like, in debt somewhere. So that's why we get more of a motivation of why he wants to go, like, study the sharks so much. Because they talk about the grants and how mm-hmm. they're running out of money. But I feel like there needs we need to see him, like, go the extra step. Or if, like, he was a little bit... Uh, I don't say like disgraced in the marine like community because mm-hmm. he partnered up with uh, with Michael and Michael wanted to just tag like the crabs or like the seashells and I think that could be part of uh, Jake's like jealousy of like no I wanted to like do more with my talents as like a marine biologist and so I think that could actually be a good idea that he's either in debt or that he's got a uh, you know a personal reason why he why in that same community he needs to do something important. Right. No, I, I, I agree Rather with that. than just general obsession. I guess in general, too, I just want the shark to be around more, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the first one, we hear so much about the shark and, like, what he's doing. And maybe there's... You know, I'm spitballing here. But maybe the Bahamas have, like, pirates around it or something like that. Like, they have these people that are, like, you know, not Jack Sparrow pirates. Like, you know... Uh, just people who are, like, on the outskirts of, like, society and, like, who kind of live there and, you know, do what they have to do to survive. Right. And so, like, maybe Michael's always worried about that and they, like, oh, are the pirates here, blah, blah, blah. And, like, these deaths that are happening are possibly the pirates and they're, like, Ellen Brody's just like, no, it's the sharks, it's the sharks. And it's like, Ellen, quiet. And then they stumble upon the pirates' boats or whatever and they see that, you know, there's all this wreckage and, like, the Jaws has attacked. If we're taking out the mom being on the boat and stuff, if you actually do just listen to the mom thinking that there's a shark attacking her in the Bahamas, you're going to think she's nuts. 
And I think we could have played up the paranoia a bit more mm-hmm. of like certain little things coming up. Because in the first one, Roy Schneider's character is always like, par- we see the paranoia in him like when he's scanning the beach and he sees like one kid, I don't know, like a carboard, like a, uh, a fin that sort of looks like a shark fin. Mm-hmm. And he gets up and then it's like a false alarm. I think there's a way we could have played with the paranoia a bit more. Instead of just her saying, I'm, I'm terrified of water. Yeah. better ways of showing it yeah and it is like I want there to be a higher body count the fact that there's only two people that die in this movie is astonishing like this is by far the lowest body count in a Jaws film yes possibly in any horror movie yeah because like that's the whole point is that you're scared of the what could possibly happen it, no one's having fun either, you know. That's uh, the only person that looks like he's sort of like no, realizing what he's in is Michael Caine. <laughs> also, if you say Michael Caine's name pretty quickly, it sounds like Michael Caine, which is perfect <laughs> for his character. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. It, what do you think of the idea of him actually being like into the drug game and stuff? Like, does that how does that work, or is it, it not? It would work better if there was some if it really fit into the plot more. Yeah. Or if like. Or if it fit into the theme of, like, uh, feeling like there's danger when there really isn't. Or feeling like there's danger in trusting your instincts, whichever side you want to go on, since Jaws is real. Right. Because if that's the case, then they would have to... If he's going to be in the drug game, then he has to tell Michael Caine that he either has to step back from that if he wants to be with his mother, or if he's going to stay there, then he has to give it up. Or then he has to give her up. And I feel like if he is in the drug game, you have to to play up the idea of the the fear of... uh, the fear of the unknown more. Okay. Especially because that's what Mrs. Brody is afraid of, is this thing that she thinks she knows, but she doesn't actually know. Right. What if, if we go back to the pirate stuff, what if they're worried that he's dealing with the pirates, just in general? Like, not maybe not drugs, but, like, is somehow involved? Uh, po- have... Possibly. It's it's hard to think about, like, what that is, because I'd be worried about the, the movie taking a bit of a turn mm-hmm. if, if, if there's too much focus on the pirate stuff. Because I do think it's a good idea to have these other people, especially on the outside, and to kind of fuel the body count. Right. But I just don't know what exactly they would do, at least in relation to the plot, besides be a bit of a red herring for, for what's happening. Well, maybe they're sort of strong-arming Michael and Jake into like paying more for like going around the ocean, and that's why they're getting in debt. True. That could be it, is that they have to give some of their grant money to these guys if they want to uh, explore the ocean. Right. That's fair. I actually like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I have a different type of surgery we're going into today. Oh, okay. At least for me personally. Uh, we're Let's not hear it. We're not going to operate on any individual organs. I, I would like to give this movie an entire facelift, an entire Ooh. cosmetic change. And wow. I know that's not what we typically do, but watching this movie and just comparing it to some things I've seen recently, I feel like this could have been a really great, dark indie movie with like a little tinge of like black humor if you take out every relation to it being in the Jaws universe. Okay. What I imagine is the exact same beginning basically. Five they, minutes they, of uh, Jaws POV. Exactly. Five minutes of Jaws POV. <laughs> it's no, this, silent though. <laughs> the, but the beginning where uh, this, you know this you know guy in his 20s is living with his mom and they're they're celebrating not celebrating but they're like you know in mourning for the anniversary of her husband who died of okay. a shark attack. And it's very well known. In, it's a realistic universe in which like two or three people die from shark attacks every year. It's a very rare thing. 
Okay. But her husband is one of them, and it's the uh, anniversary of it happening. And so she, they're, you know, t- spending time with each other, but then he gets called into work because he's, you know, part of the police force. And he goes out, and he's like, you know what, Mom? Why don't you come with me? And we'll do the thing that you wanted to do where they're going to be together, you know, on that. And she's still scared of the water, but she goes out for him. And then Jaws comes and attacks. Okay. And just, like, devours him. And, uh, not devours, but, you know, kills him. And just leaves him because it just wants to kill him. And she does the smart thing and drives the boat to shore because mm-hmm. she's not stupid. But she sees the shark and she recognizes it. And she believes that that's the exact same shark. She, like, gives it a scar on the eye or something. Yes, something like that. If there's, like, some kind of scarring or whatever that she believes is there, then that would be good. But then she gets into town and she tells, like, everybody, like, it's like it's back. It's come back for th- for me, and they're like, no, no, no. This is just a coincidence. And basically, from there, it's still the same like plot of the movie where uh-huh. she just goes deeper into madness on like believing that this shark is coming after them. And Michael and his family still come to visit, and still, but instead of like a spontaneous vacation, Michael says, no, you should come live with us for a little bit. You know, it's good to be with family in this you know sad time. So she comes to live with them for like a temporary time. Michael Caine can still be there and be a love interest, and he's still trying to get her to, you know, open up a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but she's still so convinced that this shark is there, and every so often, and just like you said, more signs that she believes that that shark is out there, like, you know, there's a kid with a fin, but then at some point the ocean's just clear, and she just sees it jump out of the water, and she tries to get their attention, and she's fully obsessed with it. Right. And then at some point, Michael and uh, Jake are out on the water, and the same thing happens, where they run into the shark, and Jake's like, oh my god, your your mom, your mom was right. And then slowly he gets consumed with this obsession of the shark. And But as he gets consumed with it, Mrs. Brody and Michael Caine get closer together and he helps her realize that she doesn't need to be obsessed with the shark and she can move on from her you know, husband's death. And this will all take place over more time than just a couple weeks than the movie's doing. <laughs> yes. And basically that happens. And then basically the final time that Jake goes out to the water to try and get the shark, he almost dies. And Michael does the same thing where he goes out in the water and then he gets chased by the shark and escapes. And then Jake's like, I'm done with this shark. But then that's when Michael gets obsessed with it. Okay. And I like the idea of playing with this like big monstrosity that is just this whole like whole obsessive thing that it still might not even be real at this point. That they all could just still be imagining it because no one has proof. No one else has seen that this shark exists. And it kind of, the way that it reminds me of this is, might be just because I had seen Hereditary very recently. Okay. And I won't spoil it for anybody, but it's basically just about, like, this family who's, uh, her, the grandmother, like, the matriarch of the family dies, and some weird stuff starts happening, and a lot of it, they feel, is attributed to the fact that their family just, in in their heredit- her, like, hereditary genes, is just predisposed to bad things happening to them. Okay. I think something similar to that, but rather than that, more like, people who get obsessed with things just allow these bad things to happen. Like, you are basically forcing it to happen when you believe in these things. Okay, and okay. I think if it just go, if it again, detach it from Jaws, none of these yeah, characters are yeah, from yeah. Jaws, but there's these this woman who thinks that her family is cursed with being killed by sharks, and you don't actually know the whole time whether it's real or not until the very end, which I haven't decided if it's real or not. <laughs> but that's what I want to do. I want to make it and just take out some of these weird stuff where there's like a party, and there's, you know, the wife who's an artist. She can still be an artist, but we don't have to focus on it. We don't have to do these weird scenes with the kids. Like, just really focus on these three characters and their, like, obsession. And especially the Mrs. Brody character. So give me, like, two movies that you think would 
be in the same tone or vein of this? Uh, definitely uh, Hereditary okay. as the one, as like kind of the horror movie aspect. And I'm trying to think of the other one. It might be because this is the most recent movie <laughs> I've seen, but it's the movie Sorry to Bother You, oh, where oh, it's okay. it's which it, it's a lot more it's a lot funnier than I'm expecting this movie to be. You but, think Sorry to Bother You? Sorry to Bother You is way funnier. Okay, okay. So uh, this is I'm not expect- quirky. Or anything. It's or as- it's a, it's a dark movie and like kind of the humor. Like uh, the movie Gone Girl is really funny, but it's not a comedy. Like so what? many because insane things happen in Gone Girl. <laughs> okay. It's it, it's like these crazy things happen and you can't help but laugh because of how insane it is and that kind of thing. But like the sorry to bother you aspect is like it's like kind of this heightened reality, like a very heightened sense of like what's happening. Okay. And people and there's a there's a sense in both movies of like whether they should believe this person or not and like the faction of like no no you should do what's right or or no you should do what you believe in. Okay. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm going with it. Definitely two very quirky smaller movies that are opposite in tone, but I feel go go together with this new film because I I I've it's this controversial, but I really like what the movie's trying to do. Yeah. I think the idea of someone believing that their family is haunted with this monster shark is an insane but kind of great idea. But it's not it doesn't work for a jaws movie. Shows, yeah. So that's that's what I think, man. When you said indie film, I was thinking like Wes Anderson, like well, we Wes Anderson could do this too. I'm well, okay with him. I, I'm, I was thinking like you know Jaws is like in a vest and suit, <laughs> and like he's on he calls people like his friends in the Bahamas, like can you please like harass these Brodies? They just oh, they're so unorthodox. <laughs> I mean, like, listen, this is an idea I had about 20 minutes ago, so I'm totally cool. Oh, I'm, no, I'm open no. to feedback. Yours, yours is well, a lot different than what I was thinking. Like, I, I was thinking make Bill two, Murray showing up at one point. Do you like, want to make two separate uh, Jaws the Revenge remakes and see <laughs> and see what happens? Sure. Why not? We'll do the Wes Anderson version, and I'll do the Hereditary version. Oh, my God. Uh, that, you know, I would pay good money to see the Wes Anderson version, version of Jaws the Revenge and... Uh, like the David, oh David Fincher, David Fincher version. Listen, you need to rewatch Gone Girl because that's pretty funny. Like, I, it's dark. What's funny about it? What, how insane! Like the like Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike get just trying to get back at each other the whole time. Spoilers for the movie, kind of ish, but like just how to what insane lengths these two people will go to, like, like when when I because I saw it at midnight, like when it came out. And the entire audience was uproarious with laughter. Like the entire like. Where did you see it? I, I saw it with with our. With did you our watch friends. it with like the Hollywood Foreign Press or something? No, I watched it with uh, with Evan and Matt and Lauren and Christy. Those are some of our friends. Oh my uh, god! And it, they, everyone agreed that like again, it's not it's not funny because there are jokes. It's funny because of how huge and how outrageous it gets while still feeling like this real thing that like exists in this world so you you would be like one of the people at the golden globes that would be like no yeah Gone this Girl was needs to be for a drama. best comedy no this is the martian need to be in the best comedy no but i mean and also in uh, when i saw hereditary there's a lot of parts where people laughed at that too and it's, oh again, it's because of just how out there it is. People laugh at things not because they're funny all the time, but because of how uncomfortable and how uh, just unusual things get. Okay, uh, but we, yeah, that's, we've diverted a ton. But um, that's that's what I that's what I think <laughs> that this movie could be. And so, 
if we don't do just script doctoring, if I if I can overhaul this entire right. thing, that's what I think it should be. Okay. I like I like the take. I like the take. But uh, do you want to talk a little bit about this uh, troubled production just yes. real quick? Yes, please. Well, you know, let's uh, talk about Roy Schneider first because <laughs> he was originally given uh, a part for this film and he had some very choice words for it. Quote from Roy Schneider, Satan himself could not get me to do Jaws 4. Yep. Wow, I thought there was more to that. Nope, that's, that's it. He... Um, he was offered a part so that instead of Sean, his character would be killed off at the beginning instead. Yeah, which, of course I wouldn't do that either. Your character's a freaking badass. Yeah, that's, like, again, if the shark didn't die in the first one and it's actually going after revenge and you're going to do my dart part, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Yeah. And they do give Roy Schneider a little, you know, call out in the movie. They just have a picture of him on, you know, <laughs> the fire huge picture in the police station. And, like, I, I get it. I get <laughs> you're trying to honor the person who just recently died. But why do you have his picture so big? And there's probably a new chief of police. And the best part is that picture is the picture he uses for his IMDb, bro. <laughs> his like, picture for IMDb. It's so true. What do you... When we first saw that, and that was kind of the first moment I laughed and was out of the movie, when they turned, because the camera turns from the front door where Sean comes in to the secretary, it's just huge. And I just look at it, and I just look at Taylor, and I say, that's his IMDb profile picture. Because <laughs> it was. Oh, that's so weird. Uh, um, so another thing, this is one, I, I know there definitely was a lot of troubled uh, parts of the script that never made it out. And I can't remember specific details, and I couldn't find them online. But I know the biggest thing for why it was called Jaws the Revenge was because originally a witch doctor cursed the Brody family, and that shark, this shark would keep attacking them. <laughs> you know, that probably was the opening scene originally. That first four minutes probably was just the voodoo doctor yes. doing well, that. The, the thing is, like, that would be I a would problem. love to see what they did to this voodoo doctor. <laughs> if, that. like, in the first movie, someone said at some point, like, this shark is not natural, it must be, like, <laughs> something else, like, do something to make magic exist in this world. But there have been three movies with no magic. Uh, and God. suddenly you think that you can do a voodoo master who's going to make the shark go after them? <laughs> no. Also, what does the voodoo man have against the Brody family? I don't know. He probably, like, cut him off. At, you know, maybe it was the mayor. The mayor was... Oh, a the mayor. The mayor just took a real, oh, you know, <laughs> fucking tailspin after he got, like, impeached. He's like, I, 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 he became a voodoo. I think that one's part of your Wes Anderson version. Oh, oh my the, God, the, yes. And it's just the mayor just walks, like, does voodoo magic and turns a shark into able to talk. And then it hops out of the water and the mayor's like, hey, buddy. How would you like to eat this Brody family? He, he makes the shark in like a cauldron. They killed my father <laughs> and my mother. He has like a shark tooth and he puts it in. And he's like, Psh, and he's like, kill the Brodies. <laughs> and the shark tries to like beach himself. Honestly, <laughs> what if there was like a Twenty One Jump Street version of uh, of this, where the movies just so, the new movies just so different? Oh man, God, we'll get a. Chris Miller and Phil Lord to get on it right now. Oh, sorry, no, that, that's actually what happens in the Megalodon. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Could you imagine if that's how that movie ends? Is like I, just like beach a huge Megalodon. It's just beached, and it just turns out that Jason Statham did some bad 
dark magic. <laughs> God. Um, so another thing, Michael Caine couldn't accept his first Oscar because he was doing reshoots for this. That sucks. Yep. But I mean, it, he says there's like some quote with him where he says that the movie, he never saw it, but he said, uh, I got an Oscar, got a, I got to spend uh, like a month in Hawaii, and I uh, was able to afford a new house. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good movie to me. Yeah, that's exactly the quote. Is, um, people ask him, like, have you ever seen the movie? He's like, nope, I've uh, never seen the movie, but I've seen the house it's made, and I can tell you that's the nice thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Michael Caine had a, uh, a, in the 70s and 80s, had a series of what he called paycheck, or what other people call paycheck movies. Oh, I'm sure he would call them paycheck movies. Oh, yeah, movies. well, but not out in public. I don't know. It's Michael Caine, dude. I, I feel like he would He's, like, it. almost 90. He can say whatever he wants at this point. <laughs> so, some other things that we just stumbled upon uh, include the novelization of this uh, movie. Because what I want to do after I've watched the movie is read the book version of it. Honestly, this is the stuff I was talking about. Like, this is pretty nuts. So, we're just going to go bullet point by bullet point that we found. Um, Thea, the little girl, uh, she gets hypnotized and almost wanders into the water where the shark is waiting. Like, just, could you imagine that if that had gone on screen? That, I mean, how do you get hypnotized? But then at some point a windsurfer dies and there's uh, a scene involving a drunken retired newscaster and the shark at some point, which I guess the shark gets on the news. And there's then a drive-by shooting in which almost all the Brodies are injured. Mike, Mike gets too, Michael gets too obsessed over the shark, and it puts a strain on his marriage. So at some point he puts like a little device that he can monitor the shark in his bedroom. Right, so it's like sort of like a thing where you get closer and closer, he gets the bing, 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 like of how close it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so then his wife Carla... They get into a huge argument, and she mentions that the motor device, she turned it off because she thought it was used for Mike to sleep. And then Mike realizes that his daughter, Thea, might be in danger when she goes on to the banana boat, and that's where, you know, she gets attacked and everything. There was also apparently a character who was an island gangster that Mrs. Brody befriends, but who ends up getting killed by the shark. Another character who is Michael Caine's law enforcement partner, because I guess in that version he was in law enforcement... <laughs> and this guy, this is who I was talking about with the voodoo doctor, Papa, Papa Jock. Papa Jock. He's a voodoo doctor. And so in the novel, Papa Jock is a local man who's island. The, the islanders turn to him for like advice and like to to know what they should do. And Michael doesn't like him because he thinks he's taking advantage of the islanders, including the people that work with him on his boat. And after an altercation with Mike. Uh, Papa Jock summons the shark to do his bidding. Uh, oh, oh. And he he has he makes sure that Thea, when she's building her sandcastle, he steals her pail so that she'll uh, so that he can curse it and put and make sure that whenever she is out in the water, she'll just run straight into the water. And yeah, so she like that's why she gets hypnotized, and we'll go into it. Um, and there are several segments that are taken from the shark's point of view as it's revealed that the shark is actually just a pawn and cannot understand the forces that drive it drive where he's going which would be helpful because this movie really hurt the shark community yeah people just hunted sharks after this and like it was not good well that's more like the first one but the first one but still i guess that would have helped if if this movie was good 
and they showed that sharks are actually just pawns in the human scheme of things. In the voodoo. Then in the voodoo community. What it, okay, so hot takes. What, what, or not hot takes. What do you think of these things that were removed? Uh, I think they're crazy. Yeah. Which, in a movie that's already super crazy, uh, that's saying something. Like, my God, the voodoo doctor. I mean, honestly, I would have respected it a bit. Like, just going yeah. full on with just it. Just going for it, which would be fine. Could you imagine if the... So, I'm assuming the only way to, you know, stop the shark from attacking is killing this voodoo guy. And I'm sure at one point he's like on the boat and the shark is going to eat him or whatever. But maybe he, at the end he's like, did you know I cursed all those sharks to attack you? And then people would have just absolutely fucking hated this. Like, yes. it would be like on change.org, like change the canon to the sharks film, the Jaws films. Oh. God, that would be the biggest middle figure to the series. But I, I know they didn't. There's nothing here that says they did it, but so, I wouldn't put it past them. So, the, I mean, they took out all the magical stuff, which would have been crazy, but they still kept all just the crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what, else, what do the gangsters have to do with this? I mean, I guess if we substitute gangsters with pirates, like, I, guess, I think yeah, that's, that could work. the pirates are on, I like, the water where they can get attacked gangsters are just like also i would love to see a bahama gangster, bahama <laughs> gangster. yeah bahama gangster was my shitty reggae group <laughs> I, that's i'm all out of things for this movie i i, I we've, we've spent a good amount of time just dissecting and killing it yeah this was a this was something man i uh man, i would love to see this movie but I, I still liked what we got. I would have loved to be one of those people who saw Jaws the Revenge in theaters. Like, when it came out in 1987, <laughs> like, that, 31 years ago, what what would that have been like? Oh, God, I don't... This is just nuts. Absolutely nuts. But, all right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? No, but I think uh, at this point, we've jumped the shark on this podcast. <laughs> yep. Damn. Well, at least, we're, at least we are aware that we've jumped the shark. Unlike some guys. We've taken a good... We've taken a bite into the best that cinema has to offer. All I have to say is... Finn. Alright. Yes. We're yep, ending that's on it. that. That's where we're ending. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, like our Facebook page. Yeah, that's where you can find our latest content and everything else is great. Leave a five-star review if you want. You know, I, we did a good job, I think. Yeah, uh... Any little thing goes a long way for guy for our, us guys. Uh, like even a simple like or a follow. So thanks, thanks again for so much. And as we now say, Finn. Finn.